Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin. And now This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. Y'all, oh my God, Food Heals Nation, I just got the softest sheets and pajama set from Cozy Earth, and I had to go and get you a discount code too, so that you could experience the coziness as well. You can visit CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS, and you'll get an exclusive 35% off. So Cozy Earth, it's like your one-stop shop for what they call the luxury she deserves. So listen up, guys because this could make a great gift for that special someone, your girlfriend, your wife, the mother in your life. And don't forget, Mother's Day will be here before we know it. So get a gift for the mom or moms. Here's a nice little gift you could ask for. Anyways, let's start with the sheets to transform your sleep. The coolest thing about Cozy Earth Bedding is that it is temperature regulating. So you stay cool, which is so important when you're sleeping. Plus they are just so soft. It feels like I'm sleeping on a cloud. Plus I love the cozy earth quality and longevity promise. All products come with a 100 night sleep trial and a 10 year warranty. So incorporating cozy earth products into your self-care routine can enhance your sleep quality and just overall wellness. So Again, this is the luxury you deserve. You can treat yourself to the ultimate in comfort and indulgence with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear and prioritize your self-care and sleep health. 
And while you're at it, don't forget to check out the Bamboo Pajama Set. It was awarded Oprah's Favorite Things in 2019, so you know it's good. I love the softness and breathability of the fabric, and it has these really great side pockets. And don't forget that by supporting our sponsors, you support this show. Head over to CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS for an exclusive 35% off, and go get your mom the luxury she deserves on Mother's Day at CozyEarth.com with promo code FOODHEALS. Food Heals Podcast, episode 84. So when you even say like celebrity chef, I'm like, well, who is that? <laughs> who, what does that Dude, even mean? Dude, if you've been on Food Network, you're a celebrity chef. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put in their Lululemons and take a yoga class while drinking a green juice. If you experience any of these symptoms, text your priest immediately. All right, welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. And I'm Susie Hardy. Food Heals Nation, we have such a great guest lined up for you today. We are speaking to celebrity chef and television host Charles Chen. That's right. Charles was recently seen on Food Network's Chopped and has quickly become a fan favorite promoting health and wellness. Charles can also be seen hosting TLC's travel and food show Fun Taiwan, discovering food and culture all across Asia. And Charles is on a wellness tour hosting healthy wellness presentations all over Orange County and Los Angeles. He will be visiting Mother's Market, Williams-Sonoma, and Whole Foods in collaboration with the American Heart Association. Amazing. But before we get to our interview with Charles, we have to tell you about today's sponsor. Today's show is sponsored by the conference Healing Cancer in This Century, which is an online summit that is completely free for you. The Healing Cancer in This Century Summit bridges the gap between modern integrative medical science, mind-body connection, energy healing science, and spiritual science. And Carlos Caridad, who I got to meet, who interviewed me, who's an amazing human being, he is the host of Healing Cancer in This Century, and he traveled around the world in search for new answers for cancer, bringing about the best speakers from Europe, Asia, and the Americas. So don't miss this opportunity to learn for free from over 40 life-changing speakers and educators, including Allison. <laughs> Thanks, Susie. I am not as qualified as the speakers like if you're excited to hear me thank you but honestly they are going to have people that have healed people from cancer for years so if you have someone touched by cancer go listen watch the summit I was so honored to be asked to be one of the speakers and just to tell my story because I love what Carlos is doing because he's helping people to make that mind-body connection when dealing with cancer and it's so important so sign up now at foodhealsnation.com slash healing cancer Next week is the full launch of the summit, which will show all of the speakers full interviews. You will receive seven different interviews per day, and the interviews will be available for replay for 48 hours. You're going to hear from some incredible speakers about modern, integrative cancer treatments from incredible doctors like Dr. Thomas Lodi. You'll hear from energy healers like Star Fuentes and even a speech from Dr. Adam McLeod. He practices naturopathic oncology, which honestly, Susie, I didn't even know that existed. That's fantastic. I know. 
So don't miss out. Go to foodhealsnation.com slash healing cancer to find out how to sign up absolutely free. Next up, our interview with Charles. The Food Heals Podcast starts now. Today we're here with celebrity chef and TV host Charles Chen. At one point in his life, Charles struggled with his health and weighed up to 260 pounds. He was pre-diabetic, lethargic, and had no motivation. Since then, he has lost over 100 pounds, reclaimed his health through adopting a whole foods lifestyle and becoming more physically active, which, you know, that's what our guests do. I think that is so inspiring. Charles's friendly and lighthearted approach inspires people of all ages to create healthy, delicious meals for beauty, energy, and longevity. I want to hear about the beauty recipes. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Charles. Hi, Allison and Susie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on the show. We're so excited to have you. Oh my God, Charles, when I was researching you, I was just blown away at you're everywhere. You're all over the internet. You have interviews, you have recipes, you have TV shows. I was just like, I was so excited to talk to you. Oh, thank you. You're so sweet. I love the work that I do. I'm super passionate about it. And I think, you know, why we do everything that we do is that we want to make a difference. And I think that's what it all comes back to. Absolutely. We feel the same way. That's why we do what we do. And we interview you people like you. (laughs) Awesome. And we're, we somehow just connected. So I think like everything happens for a reason, synchronicities, and that's why we're here today. You know, that's how this always happens. Like we reach out to people who we find online, but uh, the way that we found you was through a mutual friend, Stephanie. And she just said, Allison, you have to talk to Charles. So thank you, Stephanie, from Stage yes. and Table for connecting us. And, Let's um, give her a shout. Hi, shout Stephanie. Out. Hi, Stephanie. Yes, her website is also Cooking for Love, L-U-V. So shout out to Stephanie. And Charles, can you just walk us through a little bit about yourself? We did your bio, but really in your own words, like who you are, what you do, and like how you got here. Yeah, totally. So when you even say like celebrity chef, I'm like, well, who is that? <laughs> who, what does that Dude, mean? if you've been on Food Network, you're a celebrity chef. You End are a celebrity. Accept it. Accept it. And I it. saw you in the chef coat and it had the Food Network emblem. You're a celebrity chef. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, so I started, you know, very humble beginnings, age of 15. I actually started with my rock bottom. So I weighed up to 260 pounds and I was pre-diabetic. All I ate was junk food, in particular, I ate just McDonald's every single day. Chicken nuggets, buckets of fries, Mm. like um, ice cream. I remember McDonald's used to give kids ice cream for free if they were under a certain height or something. (laughs) And I would go collect ice cream all day long. And I just, I filled my emotions up with food. I was numbing my emotions. And I hit rock bottom and my wake up call was when I went to the doctor and they basically told me I was pre-diabetic and I have a family history of diabetes and that they said, you know, you're going to go down a wrong path and you're probably going to end up dying early if you don't change your lifestyle. Mm. And that was like a huge wake up call at the age of 15. My friends are outside playing with lots of energy while I'm stuck in front of a couch eating junk food, just like stuffing my face out. And um, it made me really have like a epiphany of, of like, I need to change my life. And I started with, okay, I need to change this, the foods that I was eating and maybe I can start cooking and controlling the quality of ingredients. And I just fell in love with cooking and started 
really getting passionate about finding healthier switches to my guilty pleasures. And that's how the whole journey started. And did you have a lot of emotional turmoil as a teen? What, what was going on in your home life? Because um, it sounds like, as you're describing it, that you were said you were stuffing your emotions in your junk food. Was there a lot going on for you? Yeah, I think there was so many things going on. So I was born in the States, but then I moved to Taiwan at a very young age. And I came back at the, the age of seven. So I was like in second grade. So it was like finding myself and my identity, like moving back here, my first language is actually Chinese Mandarin. So coming here, learning about the culture and learning the language was like a whole new thing. And then my parents were going through a divorce and that really, you know, took a toll on me as a little kid, not knowing where I really fit in. And I think I just used food as a way to heal myself or like self-medicate. Yeah, I think a lot of people do that. And I've been that person as well. So so many people can relate to that and not realizing like how toxic that behavior is. But you were so young at the same time. It's like you're just doing what... You're just coping. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I didn't know any better. I was just, I was like, oh, this this tastes good. And I just kept doing it until I realized, whoa, I'm stuffing myself. And to a point where, you know, I, um, I'm just really uncomfortable and I, I had no energy. I was lethargic, tired all the time. Mm. Yeah, I, I would wake up in the middle of the night because I, cu- I couldn't breathe. I was like pounding for a breath of fresh air and like just not being able to breathe. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm having an asthma attack at the age of 15, waking up because I couldn't sleep. And I was like, this is not okay. And tell us about, because you also have a unique or maybe not so unique to the broader perspective of Americans where you had your your immigrant parents, they were going through a divorce. And mm-hmm. did your, whoever your caregiver was, were they just like, eat whatever you want? Yeah, so my mom was a single mother. I, I lived with my mom and she was working full-time job while trying to take care of two kids, right? So we got allowance money. I went to an after-school program. Right next to our after-school program was a McDonald's and it was such a there social thing with yeah. all the kids. Yeah. And I would just spend my money at McDonald's. It was like the thing that all the kids did, but I went overboard. Like I got addicted to the food. Mm. And so when did you get to your breaking point? Like we know now that you were able to lose 100 pounds and do all these things. But when did it break for you and you were like, I have to make a change? Yeah, I knew I was going into high school and I know how kids, you know, kids get really tough. And I was like, you know, what? they get mean. They get very mean. Yeah. So bullying, all of that, that was something that I experienced. And I was thinking, wow, you know, this is an opportunity to transform my life, you know, have a brand new slate and start new. I was like, I want to take care of myself. I want to go on dates. I want to meet new friends and Mm -hmm. I want to be social. And that was a thing that I thought of. I was like, okay, I want to change. And it was like, you're at that point in your life and you have two choices. And the pros and cons like and it hurts so bad that you have to change and that was when I was like I want to change you know it's like I'm suffering so much that if I don't change I'm going to be miserable so I was like I don't want to suffer anyone yeah I mean a lot of people get to that breaking point right and they're just like if I don't do something now I never will and it's hard to make that decision oh trust me yeah it's so hard and I think that's why you have to connect it somehow to a bigger picture. When people want to go on these transformations, whether it's weight loss or getting healthier, reversing or healing an element, I feel like they need to connect it with something that's bigger, that is not so vain. You can't just do it for, I just want to lose weight to look good in this bathing suit or whatever. It needs to be something that's deeper. 
And I made a connection with that. I really wanted to be of service to the world, but mm. to be able to serve in the world, I needed to be able to take care of myself first. Mm. And I was like, okay, let me heal myself first. And I made a promise to myself, you know, subconsciously, if I were to heal myself, I promise I will dedicate my life to serving others and helping others transform their lives. And um, it's crazy that I'm doing it now. And that's the work that I do. But every time when like it gets hard, I remind myself, why am I doing it in the first place? And yeah, it, it pushes me through. Oh my God, I have chills. Well, I feel like Aww. you're really doing it because <laughs> yeah. I watched a bunch of your videos and your interviews and it, I, that... I can't say this about everybody I meet, but you're living what you intended. You are you're living out what you just said. So Thank kudos. Thank you so much. I yeah, I totally. I read a lot of uh, Marianne Williamson. I don't know if you guys are familiar with her. We work, are, but, and I even yes. saw that you interviewed her on. Yes, on, I'm obsessed with it, her. You guys want me to connect you with <laughs> yes! her? Yes. She's become like a mentor. I want. I'll totally connect you guys with her. She's awesome. Oh my god, we um, would squeal in the like dog be, levels right now. That would right be now. my dream come true. I wouldn't be able to handle it. I would pass out. From I gotta. The, I gotta see dream. her speak on I'll Monday do, nights. I'll, do, I'll, I'll make an introduction for you guys. But I moved to LA, and everyone just kept on saying her name over and over again. Yeah. I was like, who is this lady? They're like, Have you, talk? They're like, have you heard of Marianne? I was like, no, no, no. And then finally, I somehow showed up to her lecture because my friend on Monday nights, ticket. right? Yes, at Monday nights at the Savant Theater. Yeah, I, I right down up. the street from here. Yes, and I connected with her. I was like, whoa, like she's speaking some truth, and she really helped me realize that yes, you can transform your own lives, but the bigger picture is that you have to go out there as like, you know, a truth seeker and help others. Like you have to be a leader and show up and create the space for other people to heal as well. And she she has this mantra, which is like, ask the universe to use you to be of service. And this yeah. is a, something that I always go back to. And it's uh, use me wisely. Where will you have me be? Who will you have me meet? And what will you have me say? And whenever I'm stuck in my own way, and I'm like in this ego, like self pity of like, what the hell am I doing? I go back to that. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to show up today. My job is just to show up the rest. I'm a vessel and just like use me, use this as a platform. I feel like that's what it all comes back to. It's not about us. It's not about the brand you're building. It's about how we're making a difference. And if you can tap into that, I think everything else will flow. I completely agree. And we apologize for the ambulance in the back because we know you're in New York and it's hard I to get know. good sound. But um, New York <laughs> New York, New York. I just stared in an Airbnb in New York and we heard sirens and people dancing and screaming all night, but I kind of liked it. I was like, okay, I'm in this My city. home base. Yeah. I love it. Susie yeah. loves it. plugs that I'm here. No, we heard that. But anyways, I really, I love Marianne Williamson so much and I love everything you just said. And I speak this to everyone I meet who I feel like is afraid to come out of their shell and then what happens is I'll be in a class or I'll be at an event and the speaker will say this quote and to me it is validation that I'm on the right path and it's all because of Marianne and she is just this force this power that I'm intimidated by you know (laughs) no 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 she's so in tune and so I've never seen someone so like confident on stage and when I talk to her about it she's like it's not me like I'm being used and it's just so inspiring and uh, she definitely broke me out of my shell yeah Yeah, no she's so relaxed and so connected 
to the divine, yes. right? I've seen her so many times speaking on Monday nights. And then I also went to a conference of hers, which was uh, a few years back, but it was on around Valentine's Day and it was all about uh, sacred love and healing of like your mm -hmm. heart. It was such a beautiful experience. And I completely agree. She, I think she's so tapped into her purpose. Mm -hmm. and comfortable with that and just like I'm gonna just like you said I'm gonna show up and I've heard her say it's not me I'm I'm it's it's coming through me just as the people that wrote the Course in Miracles that she interprets they said the same thing they're channeling it through them and she's mm -hmm. she's very present and she's just a lovely presence to be around we had a guest, uh, Lorelai Shellis, who was on the podcast, and she said the same thing. She said she knows Marianne as well, and she said, Marianne, how do you memorize all those speeches? They're so brilliant. Marianne said, oh, I channel them. That's right. I mean, That's right. I can't even imagine. So we all have that ability. It's just are we tapped into it, right? Totally. I totally agree. And I think like segueing to how to tap in and how to remain in that positive like state is totally like meditation things like that right yeah i think that really grounds you and it, it sets you it allows you to be authentic and goes back to your true and pure intentions so charles tell us about your meditation practice how long have you been doing it how do you do it yeah so my my mom has always been very spiritual and uh, very open about you know allowing us to explore spirituality at a young age so even when I was struggling with my weight, she would take me to meditation classes. So I was very um, self-reflective. Even if I was like falling asleep and not understanding what meditation was, I was in the environment with people who were seeking for truth and seeking for how to connect with their higher selves. And I was very um, observant of all those people. And I think just starting at a young age, just meditating and realizing that Anytime I did something wrong, my mom would say, go meditate. Or if I did something that wasn't like, you know, the best of my ability or, or thoughts, she would say, go meditate on this. Go think about what you did. Mm. And that was like the greatest lesson because it allowed me to be very reflective and more conscious and aware of what I was doing and putting out into the world. I think that is so beautiful. And we've talked about this like emotional and spiritual component, but how physically, what kind of nutrition were you eating? I know you adopted a plant-based lifestyle. Can you tell us about what you were eating and how that really shaped your new philosophy and shaped your physical body? Yeah. So prior to the transformation, you know, as I spoken about, I was just eating highly processed food, no nutrition whatsoever. And once I started changing my diet, I went to the farmer's market, started actually eating fresh produce because prior to that, everything was just prepackaged and fast food. Um, I actually started putting high vibrational fruits and vegetables from the farmer's market into my body. And I just noticed for the first week, just eating fresh fruits and vegetables, cooking my own meals, I had so much energy. I was never exercising at that point, but I had to go walk in the neighborhood because I was just like, oh, I have so much energy. What do I do with myself? Started walking and slowly walking, walking every single day, I started walking in my neighborhood and it started turning into jogging and just hydrating my body and filling myself with fruits and vegetables I just felt so good and nourished and I feel like I was not constipated no any longer because I was actually <laughs> going to the bathroom I was detoxing and getting rid of all the toxins and finally like getting more mental clarity and my mood shifted naturally by the foods that I was eating I was definitely better at being mental clear 
about everything I was doing. So baby steps, it had huge impacts, just changing my diet. It shifted my mood, had less anxiety because I was struggling with anxiety and social interactions, all of that. But just changing my diet really changed a lot. And did your mother and your sibling follow suit? Did they eat with you? Were you cooking for them as well? Yeah, that's kind of how it all started. So I saw that my mom was so busy with work. She was only just ordering takeout because she didn't have time. So she was ordering all this processed food. And then when I personally started to shift my diet, she she noticed and she was very open to it. She she saw that, oh, Charles is you know making a difference in what he's eating. I was like, mom, I don't want to eat meat any longer. I want to eat vegetarian and I want to cook. And I started cooking for the family. And that was the first time that I was able to translate my love into a meal and share that with my mom and see the benefits of the smile on their faces for my sister and my mom. And wow, I was actually making a difference and helping her. And we were all eating healthier. We're eating real food. And she appreciated it and she encouraged it. She said, yes, like, this is great. Thank you so much. Because she's like, if you're hungry, you have to cook for yourself if you don't want to eat junk food. So uh, she definitely supported that. She's like, we'll go to the grocery store. We'll go shopping together and then we can cook throughout the week. And what did that feel like for you to make that change? Because I personally, I've always loved... You know, I myself grew up, I was lucky enough to have a mom who did a lot of home cooking, but I've always loved stories like the novel like water for chocolate and things that really incorporate emotion into food because i really feel like home cooking encapsulates that what was that like for you to be able to provide that for your mom and your sibling it was so fulfilling because i saw how hard my mom was working and i just wanted to be able to help any way that i could and i saw that wow i'm actually i have a skill here like i can actually cook and I'm helping making my mom's life easier, also feeding my parents. And we were also sitting around because when we were eating junk food, it was like, here's your chicken nuggets, you can go in your room and just eat. But my mom was very uh, conscious about getting everyone around the table, even if it was just the three of us and she was a single parent, when she got back from work, we would have to sit around the table and eat together and talk and talk about our day. And that was really uh, a starting point of, having a conversation and letting my emotions out and, and starting to deal with my emotions and being more open about like, oh, this is what's going on at school and this is how I'm doing. Yeah, I think it shifted a lot of different things and our relationship grew. I think that is so important, not only about what you're eating, but how you eat it. For instance, yes. shutting off the television, for instance, we'll just put the quality and quantity of food aside, but how you eat it if you're with loved ones, I remember hearing a story about the Holocaust, about a man surviving because no matter what he was given, he would chew it a hundred times and be grateful for everything he was given, even though it wasn't nutritionally valuable at all. Mm -hmm. And he made it through. And there's dozens of stories like that. And I think the way that you eat slowly with loved ones, appreciative, grateful, saying grace, whatever you do, I think that's almost as important as the quality of food you're eating. Yeah. So true. I love that. Yeah, there's this doctor, I'm sure you guys both know, Dr. Emoto in Japan, when he studies the water and the molecular structure. Yes. yes, and I love that. So water exposed to violence and water exposed to loving thoughts. Both of them are completely different, but it crystallizes differently. One's like a beautiful structure and one's like a destructive and just broken apart, shattered. And it's a huge difference. And I tell this to 
everyone who comes to my events that it's so important. I don't care how healthy you're eating. If your mind is not in a loving state, you're not going to process or absorb any of the nutrients. So if you're going to have that hamburger and you're on your cheat day or you're going to have that piece of pizza, feel good about it. Like if you're going to eat it, I want you to feel good about it. So you're not feeling bad or guilt or shame, right? So it's all about balance, but same thing with when you're eating healthy food, you have to be in a state of gratitude and really be present with your food and give thanks to the farmers and all those people who made your food available. I totally agree. And I feel like I used to be anti this because when I grew up, I wasn't very exposed to religion. So I was kind of anti Catholicism, like what all my friends were actually exposed to. And so I would go over to my friend's house and we would have to pray before a meal. And I'd be like, I don't do this. My parents don't do this. Right. It's all about Mm -hmm. how you grow up. Right. So you reject any other ideas. And then as I grew older as an adult, and we've had multiple people on the podcast say this as well, like, hey, bless your food. It's not it doesn't have to be a religious thing. It doesn't matter. There's no judgment here. Bless your food. Let it nourish you. And what is the emotional intention behind eating this food? If you're eating it because you're angry at your ex-boyfriend and you're depressed versus you're eating it because you are about to have a wonderful day and you've chosen to have a green salad with apples on top, whatever it is, that changes the way that your body processes it, right? And so I think that's so important. And I didn't used to believe it. I didn't used to understand it. And now that I do, I think it makes a difference. Like I do it. And sometimes I'm not eating the best thing. Like I know it's full of gluten or sugar or something, but I'm like, I need this now. I'm going to bless (laughs) it and know that I will get the nutrients and I will detox the bad shit out. Right. Excuse my French, but I do eat a really, really clean diet, but I'm not perfect. And so I like that idea of blessing my food because then at least I am being grateful for the good food that I'm able to eat. We live in this Mecca, Los Angeles, where it is easy to get healthy food. We're not in a food desert. You know, the food is affordable. The food is easy to access. We can get it delivered to our door. I'm part of a CSA that's super affordable that comes every two weeks bringing me organic produce. You know, I'm lucky. I'm blessed. So I've got to be thankful. If I'm not thankful, then the food is not going to serve me as well as it could. Totally agree. I want to let our listeners know the book we're talking about it's Dr. Emoto. Allison wrote it out. She was correct in his spelling, in the spelling of his name, Dr. Emoto, E-M-O-T-O. His first book that I was exposed to was The Hidden Messages in Water. It's a beautiful book. He basically took a variety of contrasting words and put them on bottles of water, froze them, and took electron photographs of the structures of the water and showed how they were changed by the words that were put on the bottles. And it's a fascinating book. It shows you how thoughts really can affect physical structure. So I just wanted to insert that. No, thank you. That's really important because I've heard of this too. I've read articles about it. I haven't read the book, but thank you for Charles for bringing it up because Mm -hmm. I think it is important to realize how much emotions and thoughts can affect our reality. Oh my gosh. I love that. I think that's so important and people don't talk about it enough. So we talk about food a lot. You know, this podcast is about food and healing foods and things that heal you. But I think what we don't think about and talk about enough is your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Because for me, transforming my life, yes, I did it through food. But the main key thing that actually helped me transform my life and had this huge shift 
was changing my thoughts mm -hmm. before my thoughts are filled with shame, guilt, anger, all these things, resentment, right? And meditating, becoming more reflective of what thoughts I was actually thinking, what were going into my subconscious thoughts, my negative self-talk, all those things I had to recondition. Yes. And that's how I transformed my life. So with affirmations, daily affirmations to change the thoughts that I was actually thinking and to start blessing my food and choosing my gratitude and just counting my blessings, all of these things, just having a, a huge shift in my thoughts changed my life as well as the food. It's a whole lifestyle and holistic approach. Was that difficult for you? It was definitely very difficult because, I mean, transforming my life, even after I lost maybe like 30 to 40 pounds, right, my mind was still the fat kid at heart. I had to recondition my mind to think that I am a smaller individual now. I don't need to eat as much. So it's like having my mind catch up with my physical appearance. That was a struggle. Mm -hmm. That was something I had to learn and becoming more in tune with my body, listening to body. Like, okay, I'm full now. I can stop eating. I'm satiated and I don't need to eat more. Things like that. What I think is so interesting about this is I compare it to when I was younger and I was in drama school. And in drama mm -hmm. school, they said, you have to be the triple threat. <laughs> the triple threat is that you had to be able to sing, dance, and act. And if we apply that to our health and our vitality, you have to look at your health from a physical standpoint, from an emotional standpoint, and from a spiritual standpoint. If we don't look at all three, we can't succeed. So their point is, you got to be a triple threat, and then the casting agents are going to want you, and they're going to cast you. Well, the same is true from our health. If we only can dance, let's say we only can do nutrition, but we can't mm -hmm. look at our emotional issues like Maybe we had a traumatic childhood experience, right? And we haven't mm -hmm. healed that. Nutrition can only take us so far. The dancer can only go so far. The dancer can't star in the film because the dancer can't act. The person that only does nutrition and doesn't look at the emotional can only lose so much weight, can only feel so much better. They can't feel 100% until they look at all the issues that affect our health. So it's a triple threat, emotional, spiritual, and physical. That is a really poignant analogy. I just came up with it. It's brilliant. I love it. You're I welcome, Foodio Station. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tweetable tweet it i love it so doing the live events as you see a lot of people will come and start asking questions and there's people who like you said are only focused on one aspect and it might be just nutritional they're like charles i'm eating everything right what's wrong with me how come i can't lose this weight right i was like is there someone that you haven't forgiven is there something emotional that you haven't let go yes i want you to meditate and think about it and they instantly was like Oh, you're right. And I was like, well, yeah, it's not just food. It's everything. So letting go of resentment and forgiveness, forgiveness to yourself, forgiveness to others who've done you wrong. But forgiveness to yourself is a big thing. Letting go of, you know, holding a resentment against yourself. And I want to bring up something that I feel like I, I came across as somewhere in your bio, but our gut is so connected to our emotional life. Mm -hmm. And in fact, if you look at the development in utero, of embryos, the cells that become our intestines and our gut are some of the first to split off of our nervous system cells. And when they say gut instinct, it's because of that. Those cells are actually somewhat connected to our nervous system. 
So our emotional life and our gut cells, our, our intestine cells are so connected to our heart and our emotions and our instinct that even if you are, like you said, even if you are eating super clean, if you're blocked emotionally, if you have some trauma that you haven't let go, if you haven't forgiven people, if you're angry, it's going to affect how you digest, how you absorb. It's going to affect the rest of your body, no matter what you're doing in terms of eating perfectly. Thank you, Charles. You inspired me to say that. So yes. I just want to interject. No, Susie, that was so beautifully put together. Yes, I totally agree as far as your gut. I think the cleaner you eat and the more in tune you are, that's when you're like, you're so clear about making decisions because you're so in tune. And you know, when someone's very indecisive, it's because their gut is not clean or they're not emotionally there, like in tune. But when you're so in tune with your body, if someone brings up an idea or a there's a situation or a choice to be made you're so clear and you go straight with your gut and you're just like okay it's this choice i already made up my mind it's a good analogy go with your gut your gut tells you a lot you have to listen to it physically emotionally and spiritually and you gotta take care of it yeah yes probiotics people get (laughs) get on it By the way, probiotics. All right. So let's ask you some down and dirty questions that I know that you like to talk about. So how can we stop counting calories and stop checking the scale? We're women. We're guilty of that. We've all done it. (laughs) Yes. So I always like anytime I work with anybody, I always say throw away the scale because too many people in our society are allowing a scale and a number on a scale to dictate their happiness. And to me, it's about feeling your best. There's nothing more beautiful than seeing someone have confidence and that confidence comes from how they feel rather than a number on a scale. And I think as long as you're eating whole foods, plant-based foods or any foods that are cleaner and, you know, locally sourced, you're going to feel amazing and you're going to feel satiated. And it goes back to being in tune with your body, understanding when you're satiated, when you're full and learning when to say no and stop you know a lot of times we overeat because we don't listen to our body we are distracted by whether it's media social media all these things we're not present while we're eating yeah you're present when you're actually in tune and like focusing on the meal that you're eating or having a conversation with a friend you're actually very very aware of okay i'm very full right now i'm gonna stop right now yeah it's getting rid of all the distractions Absolutely. And I think the old paradigm or whatever it was that we grew up with, I think it was a 90s, 2000s thing where it was calories in equals calories out. And that's completely untrue and completely false. It's been proved over and over again. But so many people had that ingrained in their mind that I have to burn this many calories at the gym to make up for what I ate today, this many calories. And that's just not true. Calories are very, very different depending on the source that they came from, right? Yes, because there could be empty calories or if you're just drinking your calories and there's calories from like sugary drinks and all these like, you know, sodas, all these um, artificial things. Yeah, of course. So I think don't count calories, just eat real food and eat a variety of vegetables, variety of different colors and change it up. A lot of people eat the same thing over and over again and they're not absorbing any of the nutrients because their bodies are so used to it. So switching it up, going to the farmer's market, trying a new vegetable, trying something new, and not doing everything the same. Like, don't, If you're making a smoothie every single day, change up the vegetables, change up what you're doing, change it up on your body. Don't do the same thing. 
No, that's a good point because I'm the person that I will make the same smoothie every day. So I have to remind (laughs) myself to change it up or I'll do the same Mm -hmm. exercise every day. So I have to Mm -hmm. remind myself, okay, stop taking Pilates, girlfriend, and go take. (laughs) Like I took Barry's boot camp the other day and it was so hard, but it wasn't what I was used to because I'm so used to my Pilates that I have to get out of my comfort zone. Yes, I know. I know how you feel. So going to a trainer and they're like showing you new exercises and I've never worked out certain muscles in my body. I was like, I never knew these muscles existed. It's like changing (laughs) it up. And that's life, like changing it up and being able to go out there and stretch yourself and be uncomfortable. And I think that's the only way you're going to grow. It's like a holistic approach. It absolutely is. So how can we have no deprivation living? No deprivation living. I think taking out the shame and guilt. So we talked about our thoughts, right? And I think everyone, when they're going on to transforming their lives or changing their diets, you're going to have pitfalls. You're going to fall back on the bandwagon and maybe um, go overeat or do all these things. But it's your reaction to your thoughts. So not shaming yourself or putting bad. I don't like the idea of saying food is bad or you know, like when we judge food and we give it labels, mm-hmm. like this is these are bad foods, you need to avoid these foods. But those are again, going back to our thoughts and the energies that we're putting we're we're relating those things to our thoughts. And that's what's going to go back into our bodies. Like, oh, if you're eating that hamburger or eating that pizza you're like this is bad food so it's mm-hmm. shaming it's guilting it's it's putting a uh, energy to that specific food i think it's about it's all about you know moderation and just finding your balance approach you're not going to be like super fanatic and um you know dogmatic about food but more about living life because as i've been traveling and we shot the show for tlc we're traveling and a lot of my daily nutritional things that I would do and my uh, routine had to be thrown out the window. Obviously, I try to stick to real food, but traveling does that to you and you have to learn how to you know, go with life and be in the flow and be present rather than being so dogmatic about your approach. So I think that mindset really helped me a lot of not guilting or shaming myself, living your best and always doing your best at your given moment. I love that. It's about being grateful and being present and realizing the only reality is right now. Yes. So beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be right back with more stories from Charles and he's going to tell us how to live your dream life. Have you ever thought about why the cancer epidemic is on the rise instead of decreasing? Are you wondering, as I was, are we doing the right thing in our quest to beat cancer? Do we need to explore how our emotions affect our health? Um, yes. (laughs) All those and many more questions are going to be answered for you, your loved ones, your family and friends in the online health summit, Healing Cancer in This Century. The Healing Cancer in This Century Summit bridges the gap between modern integrative medical science, mind-body connection, energy healing science, and spiritual science. Register for free at foodhealsnation.com slash healing cancer. At no charge, you can watch the summit with over 40 excellent, amazing, incredible speakers and educators in the fields of modern integrative cancer treatments, energy healing, Reiki healing, emotional healing, naturopathic oncology, and more. Go to foodhealsnation.com slash healing cancer and register to experience this incredible conference for free. 
You're listening to the Food Hills Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. We're back and we're talking to Charles Chen. And if you Google him, Susie, you will find he's all over the internet. You found him. I did. (laughs) And it's no wonder because Charles offers inspiring recipes, engaging videos, and interviews with people like we talked about earlier that we adore, such as Marianne Williamson. That's right. Mariel Hemingway. Also adore her. Met her at the grocery store. I need to She's ask her. so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I need to ask her to come on the podcast. And, yes. and, and Kimberly Snyder. Who I secretly stalk. I want to also meet Kimberly Snyder because I go to her juice bar on Melrose. Yes, she just had a beautiful baby. Oh my gosh. Aww. I'll connect you guys with her too. She's so awesome. She's really She has sweet. great books on juicing and raw food. I love it. Yes, and we also have another mutual friend. Well, this is actually this is our first mutual friend because we're good friends with Joe Cross and we've had him on the podcast multiple times. I met him about 5 years ago. He's fantastic. Love Joe. He's awesome. He's such a great guy and so generous. Yes, he's great and We got to see his latest film and he came into the studio. So we look forward to next time you come back, you can come into our studio as well. When you're not in New York, you're back in L.A. Ooh, can't wait. Awesome. Okay, so one of the things that we know that you talk about, which is one of our favorite topics, is how to live your dream life. So what what advice do you have there for Food Heals Nation? Ooh, this is such a good one. I love Anybody who wakes up and they're excited about life and they're passionate, that's the greatest thing. When you're like excited, when you wake up out of bed and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to get this day started because I'm so excited about what I'm going to do. And I think everyone should have that. Everyone has that within them. And I think it starts with going back to meditation and self-awareness, knowing what your value is, knowing what your talents and skills are and how to package that and bring it out into the real world. I feel like when we talked uh, with Marianne Williamson, money is just energy mm-hmm. and and it's spiritual. A lot of people think, oh, to be spiritual, you can't have money. But when you bring more value into the world, that's going to translate in money. And that's just the world we live in. So if you bring more value and um, more abundance will flow into your reality. And that's the thing. I think you just focus on what gifts do you have internally that are unique to yourself and that you're really, really, really good at, and how can you bring them out into the real world? And by doing that, you're gonna be living your dream because you're gonna feel so good, you're in flow, and you're constantly inspired to create and to um, help others. And it comes back to also service, right? Value equals service. Like, what are you providing and helping others with? And when people see that, if you communicate that clearly, you're always going to have enough. The universe will support you. I'm not going to say it's going to be super easy. It's going to be a tough ride. But if you're committed to that, you will always see a return. You're always going to see things come your way and things start happening because you're so in tune and in flow. I completely agree. And I feel like when I tell people this concept, I have had friends of mine get angry with me because Mm -hmm. they say, well, yeah, I would love to keep drawing or whatever their their passion and their skill is, but Mm -hmm. I have to pay for my kid. Right. And they get angry. And what the anger is, is the fear. And it's not their fault. It's not. Yeah, it's not. 
It's just our conditioning, yes. our society. It's, it's everything that you've been told and you've been taught. Yes. And again, it goes back to the power of your thoughts, right? Um, I just read this awesome book I highly recommend. It's um, called The Secrets of the Millionaire Mindset. Mm -hmm. And it's um, it sounds like a like a book about finance, but it's not about finance at all. It's about our, our blueprint. Mm -hmm. our, our mental blueprint that we grow up with and that's dictated on our environments, our family, our family's relationship with money, our family relationship with people, how they treat different things, how that affects our mental blueprint and how we show up into the world with that blueprint. But you have the, you have the power to change that blueprint. As long as you become aware of what that blueprint is and what's holding you back, say you have a goal in the world to have abundance but your financial blueprint is based off of your parents' relationship with money, always struggling, always whatever, that's gonna be your blueprint, but mm -hmm. you can change it. So you can become more aware of, oh, those are the thoughts that no longer serve me. I choose to change those thoughts. And it's the same thing with career. You can do what you love and be compensated like for your gifts and your talents and you will be supported by the universe. That is a thought and a belief system. So changing that belief system is gonna help you attract that into your life and first things first is people have to actually believe it so most people don't believe it because that's what we are conditioned to think i have chills i love it it's so yeah. true yeah it's so true and like the fact that you guys are doing what you love you guys move from new york to la living the life have all this abundance and produce it's like it's a blessing, but it's because you believe that it was possible. Yes. And I think that I've been in the mindset almost my whole life of I cannot work for anyone else. I'm not a good employee. And all I want to do is serve the world with the knowledge that I believe is the truth. And so I want to spread the truth to everyone I can. And I cannot sit in a cubicle and not spread that knowledge. I go nuts. And some people don't have that drive. And if you don't and you're perfectly comfortable, then that's fine. But if you want to do your passion, your talent that is above and beyond what you're currently doing every day, you can. We all yes. can. And that actually brings me to the Marianne Williamson quote because we talked about her earlier. So I pulled mm -hmm. it up on the break. So I would just love to read it right now because I think it is so powerful and I'll give everyone chills. <laughs> yes. I love this quote. This is Marianne Williamson, and she said this. It's been attributed to other people. She is the originator. I did research this and find that out. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people will not feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We are born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us. It is in every one of us. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give others permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, the presence automatically liberates others. How powerful oh, is that? Oh, so beautiful. So powerful. 
I mean, there's no jealousy. There's no, I can't because someone already else did it. There's no, I'm not good enough. All those thoughts go out the window when you hear that quote. It is so empowering. That very quote speaks to my own personal issues. (laughs) Because I hold myself (laughs) back in many aspects of my life. And that just reading that is like, yep. Yep. Okay, let it go. It's Yeah, who are you not to be? And it's so funny. Like when you meet her, she's so confident and... You don't care about what other people think because your intentions are so pure. And it's right. It's like the people who are around you, some people are uncomfortable when you start thinking bigger, when you vision your life to be bigger and you want to do greater, they're uncomfortable because that's fear coming into there because they've never been exposed. They don't know how to think that way. So when you have such a big vision, it scares certain people and they want you to stay the same. Yeah. And that's when you know you got to surround yourself with different people who support your growth and who want to see you flourish. That's so true. And I found myself in that situation, unfortunately. And I didn't know at first how mm-hmm. important it was for me to remove myself from the situation and for me to really move on and surround myself with people that were at the vibration that I was going for. And now Mm. I live my life at a higher vibration. That's the best way that I can describe it. I used to be at a lower vibration. It was no fault of my own. I just didn't know better. Mm -hmm. So true. When we're talking about vibration, everything. I think when you have a vision, when you have a goal, if you have something that you want to manifest, the best thing you can do is to prepare yourself for those opportunities. And when I say prepare, not just physically, but emotionally and vibrationally. And that's how you attract things into your life. Anytime that I have certain things on my vision board and I want to attract those things into my life, I know the best thing I can do is to vibrationally align myself to those vibrations. And easily you will start meeting the right people, the right time. You just bump into someone at the grocery store. (laughs) You meet all these people like, what's going on? That's the universe conspiring to help you make your dreams come true because you're vibrationally in tune. I love the way that you just put that. The universe is conspiring for your dreams to come true. You just have to allow it and recognize it, right? So true. And obviously you do everything you're in your power, but you also vibrate at certain frequencies and the rest you surrender because you realize that you are a small little molecule and the universe is this huge grand thing that will help support you and you can't do everything by yourself. You do everything you can and you just surrender to the universe and the universe will take care of you. I love that so much. Thank you so much for sharing your philosophy with us. And Charles, tell everyone where they can find you online, stalk you, go to your events, buy anything you're selling. Tell us where they can find you. (laughs) You guys can find more free recipes and lots of inspirational videos at charleschen.tv. And my Instagram and all my social media handle is charleschen.tv, one word. And please feel free to stalk me. I would love to see you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And do you have a tweetable little words of advice you can leave us with? I think something that I always go back to is whatever situation you're in, always do your best. And your best is going to change at every given moment. But always do your best with whatever present moment you're in, whatever situation you're in, whatever emotional state you're in. Always do your best. No judgment. 
I love that. Always do your best. No judgment. Tweet it to Charles Chen TV. Tweet it to us at Food Heals Nation. Use the hashtag Food Heals Nation in your post so we can see your tweet. Charles, we can't thank you enough. Thank you. This was so much fun. Thank you for having me. Yay. Okay, come back soon and we're going to talk about entrepreneurship and how you built your brand, right? Let's do that. Let's do that. And I'm going to be in LA, so I would love to come into the studio and see you guys. Come on in. You're always welcome. Thank you, Allison. Thank you, Susie. That's our show. Thanks for listening. Sign up for our mailing list at foodhealsnation.com and receive a free gift from us. That's right. We have created a brand new guide for you, our Food Heals Nation. Yep. The guide is called Health, Longevity, and Weight Loss Secrets, and it's full of tips, tricks, and secrets collected from some of our favorite guests from the Food Heals podcast. In it, you will learn crazy cool stuff like how to live to 99 with no wrinkles. Susie's grandfather. That's right. How to attract the one. Ooh, how to never get a cavity again. My favorite. Yes, my favorite too. And the real secret to weight loss. Or maybe that's my favorite. They're all my favorites. And, and so much more. <laughs> so sign up for our newsletter at foodhealsnation.com. We won't spam you, we promise. No, we won't send you too many emails. Trust us, we're too busy for that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so go to foodhealsnation.com to get your free guide, Health, Longevity, and Weight Loss Secrets from the Food Heals Podcast by subscribing today. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, women have experienced a strong desire to stop asking their boyfriends if they look fat in this dress. If you experience any of these symptoms, post a selfie to Instagram immediately.